You're listening to Chewing the Fat On Demand. Welcome to it. Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Hey, that's me. Welcome to it. Uh, you can uh, remember to uh, subscribe and uh, rate and review the podcast. And you know the, you know the rules, right? You subscribe and then you rate and review it. And if you don't have, I know you're busy. You got a lot of time to, you know, see the family. And it's, it's almost, you realize it's almost Christmas 2018. So I know you're busy. So you just rate it, just rate it 20 stars. And, uh, you know, tell us, say it's the, the best podcast ever. And then you're done. Very simple. Thank you. Now, in Tennessee, they have the death penalty still. All right. Now, we have two people. One guy's going to die tomorrow. One guy died last month who opted for the electric chair. In Tennessee, you get your choice. Hey, we're giving you the death penalty. You get your choice. You either get lethal injection or you get the electric chair. So the guy last month chose the electric chair. The guy that's going to die tomorrow, electric chair. So, and now people, you know, the electric chair haters and the death row haters are all all wound up. I, I, We don't need to get into that fight right now. What I enjoy, though, is their last meals. Now, Edmund Zagorski went down last month. He was the first prisoner uh, to die by that method in the United States since 2013. Edmund, uh, well, I mean, he was uh, convicted of two murders uh, in a drug deal. His final words, let's rock. I I don't know if that's very good, but those were his final words. And uh, it was said that he went back and forth. Uh, the people that were there watched him, uh, watched him go down and said that uh, he went from grimacing to smiling to just this look of, well, you know what happens when you get electrocuted, the look of death. Uh, but... His final words were, let's rock. His final meal? His final meal? Uh, Not good at all. Pickled pig knuckles and pig tails. That was uh, Zagorski's final meal. Not really that good. But hey, you're going down. You're going down. So tomorrow night in Tennessee... They're going to juice another one. David Earl Miller. He was convicted uh, for murder. He committed in 1981. He's been these guys have been on death row forever. I mean, this guy was in the guy before Zagorski was uh, 1980s. This is 80s. I mean, okay. Now uh, there's a. It's fascinating to see what happens to them when they go on death row and when they're when they're on their final days. It's a three day period, up to the up to the uh, juicing. 
And he's decided to take the chair, remember, not the lethal injection. So when I say juicing, I do mean the electrical juicing. Yes. So there's a three-day period, which is, you know, he's smack dab in the middle of it now, uh, when strict guidelines are implemented to maintain the security and control of the offender and to maintain safe and orderly operations of the prison. During this period, the offender is placed in a cell adjacent to the execution chamber. That's always good. We're going to move you next to the chair. You got that, David? Go. And I love, he's, he's a murderer, so it's David Earl Miller. Uh, he or she is under 24-hour observation. Only those individuals who are on the offender's official visitation list are allowed to visit the offender during the death watch period. All visits are non-contact until the final day before the execution, at which time the warden decides if the offender can have a contact list, uh, a contact visit. Now, his final meal that he selected, that he will eat tomorrow, way better than the old pickled pig knuckles and pigtails that Zagurski ordered. He wants fried chicken, mashed potatoes, biscuits, and coffee. I mean, I don't know what he wants the coffee for. Does he need to be awake to get juiced? Uh, they get a special. Now, remember, we talked about this before. Some states now, you don't get a choice. You get what everybody eats. That's it. You're on death row. We're feeding you what we're going to feed you. You don't like it tough. Um, now, some states, and obviously Tennessee is one, you do still get to choose. Uh, they, but they get, And he gets an extra 20 bucks toward his special meal. Um, so tomorrow in Tennessee, I know you had it, you had it happen to you uh, last month. Be prepared for it again. Tomorrow, uh, to go dark for a little bit, you'll know when uh, David Earl Miller gets juiced. The lights go out? Oh, no, David. David's dead. David Earl Miller's dead. That's it. Now, for those of you that watch the... uh, (laughs) Just be ready. When the lights go out for a few seconds in Tennessee, you know what happened. Now, for those of you that watch uh, watch and listen to uh, our latest podcast uh, with uh, Andrew Heaton, something's off with Andrew Heaton. You know that he's brought a new couple of new clients to the table, and uh, I wanted to. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be outdone by something's off by Andrew Heaton. He's got a couple of new clients, and I thought, well, I'm going to. Hello, I can bring some new clients to the table. Hey, fellas, welcome to the Death Row Diner. My name's Bonnie. Can I take your order, please? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have the uh, number five, the Ted Bundy. Oh, great choice, the Ted Bundy. That's steak, eggs, hash browns, and hot coffee. That's one of my favorites. And for you, sweetie pie? Yeah, what's your special for today? Today's special for $9.99 is the John Wayne Gacy platter, which is my favorite. It's fried chicken, fried shrimp, french fries, and fresh strawberries. It's really, really good. Well, shoot, Bonnie, that does sound good. I think I'm going to get me that. Okay. And what can I get for you, honey? Yeah, I'm just going to have me the Gary Gilmore. Okay, Gary Gilmore, one six-pack of beer coming up. Get your butt down to the Death Row Diner. We're serving up all your famous last meals of your favorite Death Row convicts. The Death Row Diner is just two blocks from the state prison, east of the trailer park, right on Electric Avenue. It's fun family dining at the Death Row Diner. Delicious last meals, home cooking style. Obviously, we recorded this, uh, but uh, the diner has not had time to add the uh, Zagorski, which is uh, the pickled pig knuckles and pigtails. But 
coming soon to the uh, Death Row Diner, the Zagorski. All right, so if you haven't heard, George H.W. Bush is dead. Yes, he's he's dead. And I know that we've had the days and days and days and days and days of honoring the former president. And how do you, you know, honor someone who's been called a patriot and humble servant, a man for all seasons? You hold a national day of mourning. And that's today. Um, that means that uh, bare bones market section, uh, both the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ, been closed, bond markets to close, um, Capitol Hill, Bush's uh, funeral likely means two-week postponement of the ongoing government shutdown. So everybody else is going to have to go back to work tomorrow, but uh, our, our lawmakers, ooh, we need two weeks off. That is a little agonizing. The last time markets closed to mark a president's death was uh, 2007 for uh, the passing of President Gerald Ford. Uh, government funding has been uh, set to expire December 7th. Remember we talked yesterday, shut it down. Uh, I'm all ready for that. Uh, non-essential federal employees will not have to work most mail, most mail delivery. You're not getting any mail. Don't check the mailbox, although you will because you do it out of habit when you get home every day. I know. Uh, something might, somebody might have put something in there. You never know. And now uh, the post offices will be closed. So we're watching the... Uh, the extravaganza for the, we're watching the funeral. Okay. And we've watched the funeral and we saw the great shot of, of uh, the former presidents, George Barack and bill all in a row. Hillary was there. Hillary and bill were, they had a little smile, but they, they were, they were, they were like a second couple down. You know, you had George and you had Laura then you had Barack and you had Michelle and then you had Bill and Hillary. So when George and, and uh, Laura sat down, he got the little quick shake from Barack, and he got the little quick shake from Michelle. Uh, ended up sneaking her a little piece of candy again. It's such a cute little habit they have with each other. <laughs> and Bill and Hillary got the quick side glance smile. No handshake. George isn't reaching over Barack and Michelle for that. And plus, Hillary ain't having none of that. And, uh, I mean, it was tough for her to get the side glance, half a, hey, you're here, look. Uh, But they all were, you know, they were all cordial doing their thing. And then we watched them leave the church and uh, go to Joint Base Andrews from the cathedral. Now, I don't believe I've ever seen a procession of cars from a funeral. I don't care if it's a state funeral. I don't care if it's uh, Grandpa Joe from down the road funeral. That procession was flying. They were going too fast, in my opinion. They were going way too fast. That was more than 30 miles an hour. Uh, that, were, that, that was way too fast for a funeral. People were on the side of the road like, I mean, it was like NASCAR. Well, they weren't going 200 miles an hour. But they. I mean, it was like for a funeral procession, it was a NASCAR funeral procession. All the people along the side of the road, Boom, 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 they were not boom. waiting, you know, they were not expecting that car to go that fast. Right. That, and you could tell that they were like, whoa. Right. Because even the, pe- the cops, they were trying to salute, but they were like, wait, did I miss it? I was know. that it? Yeah, it was way too fast. I don't know what the deal was. Did they have like a. Some sort of threat? 
departure time to meet? Because I thought the body does, you know, the plane doesn't leave until the body's there. I'm pretty sure that plane is there until they're ready to go. That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure that the body is the one controlling the time. Yeah. So why do we rush? Yeah, they were, they were, uh, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they had to get through TSA? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, maybe, you know what? Maybe they did have a, a threat, and we don't know that. And I, that's had, what I thought. And they they have to speed up. Because, by the way, if you look at that cathedral, whew, the amount of manpower that was in I there, know. the amount of representation, and the amount of like top secret white fin you know, clearance, know. that was a lot of power in that one section. I wonder, uh, did, did we see Pence today? He was the designated survivor, probably. Pence was there. Ooh, then who? Pence, I wonder who the designated that, That's what I'm was. saying because Pence was behind Trump. Uh, Joe Biden was there. The Secretary of Tra- of Transportation was there. We can't lose Joe. Ryan was there. So everybody was there. So who was the designated survivor? Because I'm sorry, but that was a lot of people yeah. in there. So I mean, that procession was fast. Wait, I mean, you had your. I saw people on the side of the road. When you watch the video again, you see Mom goes, "Oh, here comes a." Are you sure that was that? We're, we're looking at here comes the former president. Oh, honey, what's? Did you get the picture? Because <laughs> I don't. I didn't. All right, here it comes. Snap. <laughs> That's bad. I don't know what. I don't know what the deal was. So then we get to the airport, Joint Base Andrews. I don't know when we started calling it after a, after a marijuana cigarette, but we we have. So the Joint Bases came oh, right boy. after. I'm gonna get a factual sec. I just did, it was just a joke. For oh, okay, never mind. Continue. Cigarette. Sorry. Go ahead. No, tell us what the joint base started. So the joint bases came right after Obama decided to start merging Air Force and Army bases. So what they did was like we'll call these Air Force, we'll call these joint bases, and you have two representatives where you know Air Force will oversee it all, and then the Army will be the deployment unit out of that base. So we started calling uh, military bases after a marijuana cigarette when Obama was in office, is what you're telling me. Yes. Okay. So they go to Joint Base Andrews, and they're—I mean, they—they've got the procession there, and we've got everybody all with their medals shined up and their belt buckles shining, and their shoes looking good, and we've got the band, and we've got the guards at the stairway of Air Force One, and we've got the the eight hundred gun salute from the military, which was all pretty cool. And as I'm watching it, I'm sitting here with Chris Cruz, who is uh, you know recently. Uh, out of the military in a short period of time ago was in the military four years and, ago uh, yeah it's been a while for me uh, you know since the, the since since the island of spice but Chris is you know fairly fairly recent uh, retiree from the from the military and he is all wound up at these people on the uh, on the tarmac I've never seen anyone rant and rave about the band before. I've never seen anyone go. Oh, that that guy right there. That that could have. I did that. I could have done that. And I did that for this. And I, I didn't do this. But the band. I hate every one of those band members. The reason I stopped. See, is that means that you, I know you're busy in there doing whatever it is you do. But I thought we were, you know, engaging about your hatred to the band. No, we are. I just want to make sure that you know people know the amount of uh, of of hate I get from you, and it was right there on that little. Five seconds it was shown, because that same hate you have for me is the same hate I have for the Air Force band. So as we see the Air Force band, I start actually no further back. The security of the plane is done by the Air Force security forces, which that's where I was part of. Okay. But then I noticed 
that the people that were guarding the plane were a senior master sergeant. Well, of course, it's and a, a chief it's, master it's, sergeant. It's, it's for the former president. And look okay, at the crowd that's on the plane. Yes, gotta be, I mean, no, the crowd. You know, you had generals, joint chiefs of whoever, staff. Whoever says, "Hey, we're doing this," you know, the big boss guys are saying, "That's me." Right? Yes, and it, that's our yes, no, agreed. And like we talked, you know, usually whoever is doing this will go in the EPR, which is our evaluation at the end of the year, and they put that little bullet this, right there. This is what takes them off. And then, you know, you, know, you know, a person like me that maybe, you know, fed 20 million homeless people with the Red Cross, you know, trying to give back to the community. Here you have a chief master sergeant giving, the, giving back to the community by guarding a plane. <laughs> That is escorting the president, you know, 41st president of the United States. Now, I get it. No, rank has his privilege. Sure. But here's the problem that I'm having, especially let's hit the ban. Yeah, the, the hatred for the band, I was a the little band, surprised. With. Just, I mean, they're playing piccolos and, yeah, and clarinets. Fine. You know what? Fine. But the last time I checked, you joined the military to defend the military. You don't join the military to, to defend be, the military. Uh, to, defend to defend the, the country. The country. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't join the military to play the piccolo. Or but, play the flute, but but you and do these though, people, right? And these people, do, they though. do. Yes, they do. And I mean, you have, they have a different outlook on how they're uh, how they're do, taking no, care of the country. No, no, duty to country. No, because I get it. Back in the day, we did use the band to rile up the troops yeah, yeah, yeah. and play the drums, yeah. and that will give them. Hey, go faster! The drums are going faster. We're going to run. We're going to run. I get it, but we're not doing that right now. Right now, all they are just pumping, pumpus. And they go out Pumping there. Circumstance. Thank you. They go out there and they perform. But they make the military and they're look getting, good. Okay, fine. But why they're making six figures, Jeffy? No way, Jeffy. A base. No way. Are you hauling around the, a tuba for six? I mean, I would. But oh I, no, me too. That, I, I feel stupid now because I'm not making six figures. I don't I'm think playing, you're making I'm six figures. I'm a trombone playing mother hopper for six figures. Thank you. You got these people here, so they go to the special boot camp. What? Not even the same boot camp that I went to. They go over there and learn how to play the flute, learn how to play they the- They send the band members to yes. a special boot camp? Yes, to learn how to march together and how to you know, be united and all these things. Oh, my God. And then- Did this happen when we started naming the bases after pots? Probably. Cigarettes? Probably. Okay. Because then, when I graduated boot camp, I got another rank of E3. Right. So, when they graduate their special boot camp- they get a pay grade of E6, the equivalent of a technical sergeant. Right it off takes, the bat. Right off the bat. It takes a normal airman without getting in trouble, you know, doing their thing, doing their job. It takes them 10 years. <laughs> 10 <laughs> years to hit Yeah, but E6. in those 10 years, what are they doing? Are they playing? Are they marching in a band? Are they playing the clarinet? No. Are they doing that? Are they playing the trumpet? But they are defending the nation. Oh, yeah, that's silly. They thing. are deploying. They are in the midst of the people. And while you got a brand new Air Force band recruit that gets E6 automatically as soon as they graduate just because he learned how to blow on a stupid flute or learn how to freaking... <laughs> Do the little what are those things called? The the the, the no not the, 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 the symbols the symbols and the tambourine. Of course, we can't forget the guy in the back with tambourines, and we can't forget the guy with doing the you know the, uh, what what was that with the the, the rainmaker? You know they, they just turn. Oh around. yeah yeah, those are great. Yeah, those are great. Those. But come on, and then you got Although the guy. You don't normally see the rainmaker in the marching bands. Oh true I mean, true true. Maybe they added it. Maybe they did. Maybe. But it's still you got the French horn. And by the way. Ah. 
go back go back and this is and this is the part where me and jeff were talking about go back where you know president uh uh bush 41 his body was being lifted to the uh to the, yeah, plane. Out of the, and then, to the plane and then the the band was pulling the back on look at those ranks Look at those ranks. <laughs> those Chris is like pausing the TV going, look at this, look at this. Those ranks are, I kid you not, I did not see anybody lower than E6 in that band. So they kicked out everybody in there. They're like, I got this. I got, I, oh, I got yeah. this. I, I'm doing this one. So how many band members, you, you obviously don't know this number, but I mean, how, what, how many 30? Band? Band members are they across the country though? Oh, I mean, across the country. Each oh, base I don't know. have their own band. Each base will have their own band. Holy cow! But then you have the Air Force Band, which that's the official one that goes out and plays for the president or plays like the Marine Corps Band also has one. Right. So I don't know how many people they have, but these are the people that will never deploy. These are people that will never see combat. These are people that are just you know making six figures, just just chilling. I can't right. believe they make six figures though. That's and if you don't believe me, go in there and look for chief master. Because I saw a couple of chief master sergeants in there. And those are the people that have, you know, three straps on the top. And these guys are making 96 max. So $96,000 max. So they tapped out on that. But, you know. I got they, news for you. Just a, just a little. You know, that's not six figures. It's not. But guess what, Jeffy? When you join something special like, you know, the Air Force Band or the Color Guard, you get special duty pay. Oh my gosh! And we searched it. Special duty pay for a Air Force band member is five thousand dollars a month. They get full plus they get extra pay. Yep. But they are in there to play in the band. Yes. How are they getting? Why are we paying them extra pay? Because they're extra pay. You know, they're doing they're doing their duties to be you know a band member. You know, and obviously ninety four thousand dollars is not enough for a chief no, sergeant to play flute. Yeah, you, you know, all you're doing that. is playing the flute. God forbid your lips go you know chapped for twenty seconds. Yeah. And you got you got to shine up the. Which, up the by the way, and... there is a couple documentaries on how to become a Air Force band member, and they do. Don't get me wrong, they do oh, make them here work. Comes the, here comes the backup. They do make them. Work. They do make them work, they shining have, their thing. But it is not worth nine. <laughs> but it's not worth ninety six thousand dollars a year. That first day of boot camp, we had to march around carrying our horn for two hours. It was hell. Yeah. So now, I had a friend. I had a friend of mine. Uh, his dad. Uh, was uh, in the Navy, and he was a great musician. And he talked about when he went into the Navy, they he was just a regular went in a regular recruit, uh, like like you. Although one of the one of the top guys noticed that he was playing a piano at a bar one night, and asked him to come and play at the uh, you know the officers' club. And then the rest of the time he served was just playing the piano at the officers' club. That's all he did. You're playing the piano now. You don't have to worry about anything else. You show up here every night. You play till two in the morning. You're done. That's a good gig. Yeah, and it he, is. And he was, and, and believe me, my man Jack was like, um, okay, <laughs> no problem. How can you say no to that? You can't. You can't say no to that. You can't. All right, let's head over to the break room. I'm thirsty. We might as well get a drink. Been busy walking around marching with the marching with the marching band. <laughs> he was so angry, just angry. Chris, just angry at those band members. Anyway, let's go to the break room. Uh, 
So I'm watching the uh, Bush funeral, and um, I'm thinking, that means that Kenny Buckport is empty now, right? I mean, uh, Barbara has, has passed. Uh, George H.W. has now passed. And uh, Kenny Buckport is empty. So if they, uh, somebody should get a hold of them uh, and let them know that if they're going to try to sell the dump, uh, they need to uh, and want the most money and sell it in the quickest way they can. Uh, they need to get a hold of our Mercury Real Estate Services and realestateagentsitrust.com. So somebody needs to, uh, you know what, maybe I'll just email the, the Bush Library and let them know, hey, if you're trying to sell uh, Kenny Bunkport, realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. We've got thousands of agents all over, all over the country. They're doing the right thing, and they know how to sell in today's market. They can get you the most money, sell it in the shortest amount of time. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Okay, a couple of, uh, couple of quick stories. Uh, Burger King has now a tremendous promotion, the One Cent Whopper. Are you ready for the one cent whopper? Now, of course, you got to do a little work for it. You you have to order using the new Burger King mobile app. So they're promoting the app. And you have to order your Burger King meal while you're at a McDonald's. (laughs) That's tremendous. That's a good promotion from Burger King. So you got to use the app. You're going to be actually at a McDonald's and you get the one cent Whopper. I, that's pretty good. Now, you know why? And plus, right? I mean, in most areas in the country, and not everywhere, but most areas in the country, there's a Burger King pretty close to a McDonald's. So you're not really traveling too far out of your way to order from a McDonald's and then go over to the Burger King. Uh, so you just use the... Use the app at the McDonald's. I mean, I'm sure you're going to have to, there's going to be, uh, there's got to be, uh, they should actually do the part added to the promotion that you had to tweet a selfie, uh, you know, hashtag it uh, one cent Whopper from the McDonald's. Uh, so that you also, you get the app use, you get the McDonald's uh, locator use, and you get the selfie use with McDonald's or the one cent Whopper. They didn't throw that in, but you can, you know, you're welcome. Burger King. Go ahead and use that all you want, okay? And I see where uh, Tom Cruise has now, uh, he was talking about uh, you have to disable something on your TV, and I didn't realize, and now I have to go home today and see if mine is actually uh, on because I don't know if it is or not. Um, He's telling you, and he he said, if you're um, on your new televisions where you have the, uh, the 4K and the smart TVs, uh, they have the motion smoothing, which is all, which is activated, and that makes everything look like a soap opera. In fact, it was originally called the soap opera effect. What Tom is saying, and I think he's probably right, is that you have to disable that so you get the actual the way the movie and the shows are supposed to look, because all the shows aren't supposed to look like a soap opera, and so. Uh, the Samsung and the LGs ship their TVs with the motion smoothing on by default. So now I have to go home and I got to make sure that, uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll make my wife do it. I don't actually do it myself. <laughs> but I got to make sure that she, you know, gets it right, disables that motion, 
disables the motion smoothing. That just has to happen. And uh, I also, uh, just on a, a side note, some of the things that uh, kind of irked me. And I don't know why it does. I'm just, it's good. It's, this is just kind of a news story, but it just kind of irked me. You know, the most streamed artist, Drake, earned top billing to the number one album, Scorpion, and the number one single, God's Plan, based on the stream counts. Spotify saw the same Drake domination. Uh, the rapper racked up 8.2 billion streams. That is a lot. Ariana, you can quote me on that. Ariana Grande was the most streamed female artist globally on Spotify. The app, the app trend of the year uh, per Apple editors, uh, self-care has never been easier. Uh, With uh, mobile apps like Calm, Shine, Fabulous. Top free iPhone apps. Um. YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Messenger, Facebook. And Fortnite was the top free iPhone game. The most downloaded podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Oh, no. Wait. It says the New York Times, the Daily. What? That can't be. That's wrong. This story is out of control wrong. The book of the year. Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Oh, no, that's... What's wrong with me? I'm reading everything wrong like that. Um, The top book of the year, uh, Dick... Oh, yeah, Addicted Outrage. That's what it said there. Yeah. Yeah. They've got another... I mean, they're calling something uh, an American marriage or something. (laughs) Uh, If you just translate that, it translates into Addicted Outrage. Duh. Don't be stupid. And the top business audio book... Blaze Media. Oh, no, it's called Dare to Lead. (laughs) So we have those. And then what did I do with the, oh, these top loaders. We're going to talk about the YouTube and the the highest paid YouTube stars. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, PewDiePie and his war uh, on uh, most subscribers. Because it was really fun, kind of uh, for me, uh, PewDiePie went past 73, mil- 73 million YouTube subscribers that uh, keep him ahead of the T-Series. Now, the T-Series is really a multiple thing. It's really not fair that one guy goes up against this multiple uh, this multiple YouTube channel, but that's the way it is. And so people were making the case to subscribe to PewDiePie so that he doesn't lose. And it was really funny. And then he produced a video that uh, thanked everybody and was laughing about it. And uh, he was, uh, it was, it was very nice. It was very nice that how he thanked it and what he was talking about, but he's got 73 million subscribers. (laughs) Do I hate him? No, just a little bit jealous. Uh, Seven year old, Seven-year-old, we talked about him last year. I think this is year two for him uh, now. Um, he's the toy YouTube star, Ryan, ugh, of Ryan Toys Review. Uh, 
Look, you got, if I remember the story, I don't even, I'm not even going to read the rest of the story because I remember last year being like, what are you kidding me? So his parents started filming and playing with these toys and toy companies started sending him all the toys. So now they just review all the toys from the toy companies and he made $22 million. $22 million. Uh, my kids are failures. My children are failures. He's uh, got 17.3 million followers, total of 26 billion views, uh, and uh, launched his. The parents launched his main channel, Ryan Toys Review, in March of 2015. Uh, means an endless stream. Yeah, well, this is for him for Ryan. Means an endless stream of toys to play with. Ugh. Highest paid YouTube star, 22 million dollars. Now this is the kid speaking, and this is where I just want to. This is where I just want to tell him to shut up. I am entertaining and I'm funny. Okay, you're a little kid, and your parents got you some toys to play with, and people fell in love with it. Don't. Sooner or later, the twenty-two million is going to go away, so make sure your parents don't spend it all on you. Okay. All of his money, about $21 million, comes from pre-roll advertising on his channel. I mean, Scott, this, it's a good gig. I'm jealous of him. Good for them. My kids, i got to put my kids to work, man. What is going on? Is it my kids that are a failure or is it me? I really didn't expect I didn't need an answer. I mean, I, it, was, it was just a hype. You know, just, I, didn't mean, I didn't ask it to get an answer. I mean, I already know the answer. <laughs> I already know that answer. You know how you ask a question, you already know the answer? You know, like if you're an attorney, you, you, they tell you never to ask a question you don't know the answer to. I already knew the answer. I didn't need you to answer it for me. I was going to go through the rest of this list of PewDiePie making $15 million and Jack Septicai making $16 million. Market pile making seventeen point five million. Dude, perfect twenty million. You know, I can't. All right, so I finally got around last night to watching the Victoria's Secret uh, runway show, fashion show for the year, two thousand eighteen. Uh, I, you know, I've, I DVR'd it and I was, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see it on Sunday night, but, uh, you know, I had other things, miraculously other things to do rather than TV, uh, like go to bed because I had to fill in for Pat Gray on Pat Unleashed, uh, early Monday morning. And, um, they had the worst ratings I think ever. Uh, they drew 3.3 million viewers. Uh, that's like almost 1.7 million fewer than last year. And uh, it uh, was a far cry from its heyday, uh, which, you know, was 12 million in 2001. Now, look, this year was a little rough patch for Victoria's Secret. Uh, They had, uh, you know, they had trouble with the guy saying, uh, talking about uh, uh, the trans world. And uh, I know that, uh, look, I watched it. All right. I'm 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 a fan. And really, I mean, it's a show, right? I mean, it's this fashion show, and some stuff is there's some things that are are actually really cool. There were some some shorts in the pink section that uh, I thought my I thought they would look great on my wife. Uh, she liked them. Uh, there, you know, and some of the stuff you know you're not going to get. 
like uh, some of the big long capes and the wings and stuff that are actually, you know, it's cool. It's fun to watch. And uh, you watch the entertainment. Uh, and it was in New York this year. Now, I watched it, and Halsey was pretty good. She was all right, uh, you know, singing her song, uh, whatever. But uh, she was agonizing after the show Sunday, saying it was an emotional. Uh, it was. It ended up being disappointing um, because of controversial comments made by Ed Razek, um, the chief marketing officer. Uh, I just it was supposed to be the moment of my, you know, night of my year, but that's not how I'll remember it. Why not? You're on the runway, you're smiling, you're looking good, everybody's watching you, you're smack dab in the middle of the final show's picture with all the models, there you are right in front of the sign, big smile on your face, looking all happy, but you're disappointed. Are you, Halsey? Are you? Because they were, I simply can't ignore those comments. Really? Really? Okay. I know that you're a big uh, LGBTQIA uh, backer, but get over yourself. The show is about the fantasy. Uh, I know that Ed got into trouble. His original answer, his apology was actually the answer he should have given. His answer, um, should you have transsexuals in the show? No, no, I don't think so. Well, why not? Uh, because the show is a fantasy. It's a 42-minute entertainment special. That should have never, I mean, those words should not have come out of his mouth, whether he meant it or not. Uh, what he should have said is what his apology was. Uh, he said, uh, you know, look, to be clear, we absolutely would cast a transgender model for the show. We've had transgender models come to the castings, and like many others, they didn't make it. It's about their journey to embrace who they really are. And so that should have been his answer instead of the first one. And the first one, you know, threw everybody into a little tizzy. But uh, look, it's Victoria's Secret. I mean, the, the whole point of their process is not fat models, skinny. You know, the whole point is what they, what they profess to be there. That fantasy of the skinny models walking the runway. Now, just let me say this. The show itself in New York was not that good. Whoever was the executive producer and produced that show should not have been doing it. The show last year or the year before in Paris was great. This year in New York, I know I think that I got the feel that they wanted to make it kind of New York gritty or whatever, but it was in a smaller venue. Uh, so that, you know, it was, and the, the production was really not that good. Um, the, the runway production, I mean, it would have been really cool with some of their dresses, some of the stuff that they were, uh, promoting on the runway it would have been really cool to have black lights on the runway and show that kind of look, that kind of vibe. None of that. Uh, the music was okay. Um, you know, it was okay. I, I, I liked the artists. I mean, they had, uh, um, Uh, Baby Rexa, uh, she did the song uh, from uh, The Greatest Showman, which, uh, you know, was a great song. The Chainsmokers are eh. Halsey was okay. She looked good. She looked bad, but I know she had a very disappointing time. She just couldn't enjoy herself. You wouldn't know it from the pictures and the way she acted on stage and the pictures she took after the show. But after everything is all said and done and she got her money and went away, it was disappointing, was it? 
Kelsey Ballerina, eh. Rita Ora was great. Sean Mendez was, you know, Sean Mendez. And the struts were really good too. They I, I enjoyed them. Uh and it just did but the overall performance. Eh. It was just eh. They need and the the the, the models were Okay, the models were the usual Victoria's Secret model, and it was good to see their process. You know, I like that behind-the-scenes process of becoming the Victoria's Secret model and stuff. But, I mean, they had they had an array of, of different people as models. And to think that they, they're not diverse enough because they don't have a tranny on the runway, get over it. Halsey. What needs to happen is they need to revisit the production of the show itself. If they need help, I'm here for them. Oh, and by the way, uh, I saw that uh, Chris Cruz uh, tweeted uh, last night that uh, he was nominating me for uh, for the job of host of the Oscars of this year, and I accepted. Uh, I am ready to do that job uh, for the Academy. I asked them to just I accepted, and I asked them to uh, to just DM me. Uh, you know, we would talk. But uh, then it wasn't long after that, and, and I'm guessing they looked and said, ooh, we're down to him. We've got to get Kevin Hart. This is not for the podcast. It was Kevin Hart, right? And so they did, and they announced that it was uh, uh, Kevin Hart going to be hosting the Oscars. So listen, Kevin, if you get in a bind, I'm here for you, babe. Tomorrow we've got to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, around the world and in this country. Uh, every time I turn around, there is some 8 billion year old thing being found by people that had no idea that it was there. Uh, we're finding we're finding masks. We're finding uh, a different uh, kind of, uh, we're finding tools. And we're finding uh, woolly mammoths. Woolly mammoths are being dug up from the freaking ground by a dog. I, I've got my kids in the backyard digging right now. They better find something or they are out. Oh.